Who's that? Mm, I knew it. Oh, oh. That's. Oh. What the? Oh, look at that. I highly doubt we'll find a donor with a higher M count, though. M count? Midichlorian. Yes. M&M's. Midichlorians. You were right. Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is our reaction to The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4, Chapter 12, The Siege. An episode that knows the way to any Star Wars diehard's heart is terms like M-Count and Vats of Goo Bodies. Yes. Boy, oh boy, like it or not, this show might actually try to explain the madness that was the sequel trilogy, because I'm pretty sure, Tommy, one of those goo bodies might have been pre-Snoke. Yeah. I don't know, based on the head. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we're pretty excited. This is, oh, some major, major information was just dropped in this episode, and Tommy and I are covered in some pre-Snoke of our own. <laughs> yeah, I was, I snoked all over after that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, this God. is Wookiee Leaks. Uh, it's our Mandalorian after show that dives deep into the post-watch Star Wars lore-type questions that scare away all the casual fans um, that have real lives, mm. but we don't, so we're going to dive into this. I'm Eric Voss. Here with me is Tommy Bechtold. Good to be back. Good to see you, man. Great to see you, too, Eric. Uh, that that episode was a roller coaster for me because at first I'm like, this is the wackiest, most sitcom-y episode of Mandalorian we've had. Like, there's a lot of, like... Oh, yeah gags and goofy banter even more so and then all of a sudden it just went hardcore like move the plot forward in the last like <laughs> seven minutes so I, I i was all set to come on here and be like uh bitchy star wars fan and be like why did they why did they do another episode where it was just a bunch of like funny conversations and like you know baby yoda being cute and then all of a sudden i as usual was wrong yeah yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of weird George Lucasy uh, edit wipes. Yes, they're just going back and forth. They'll spend literally four seconds over here with these characters, yes. and then we'll go back and they're doing the same thing. Yes, they'll go back and doing the same yeah. thing. It's like, <laughs> all right, okay, okay. Wait, clone that? <laughs> Wait a second. Well, we are here every Friday with these after shows. Tomorrow will be my separate in-depth Easter egg breakdown because yeah, there are some major takeaways, but there's also some really really subtle stuff that we're gonna need to go through this shop by shop for. Mm. That'll come tomorrow. Um, and and uh, before uh, Tommy recaps this episode, a reminder that you can purchase your own custom This Is The Way shirt exclusive from New Rockstar's official merch store. These are limited release. We are selling out fast. They might not even have all the options you need, so make sure to get on this if you can. Everyone who's gotten these that I've seen seems to be really liking them. I love this shirt. Mm -hmm. um, and we're only going to make a limited amount of them. We're going to go back in the vault afterwards. Yeah. Um, and when you get this for just a few bucks more, you can write in a little custom shout out or hot take, a theory, a question. Mm -hmm. A poop joke, yes. uh, a Bill shout out, yes. a, a Jacksonville Jaguar shout out. Probably not. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> Duval. Uh, <laughs> 904. Uh, that will appear beneath us in these WikiLeaks episode. Actually, you can see some down below. Um, hmm, let's see. Finally, something in 2020 that doesn't suck. Sending our love and stuff. Anthony Jen and Jude Smith. Hey, thanks, guys. Mm, yeah. Also, Ricardo Hernandez uh, got this perfect. He said, Eric is a genius with breakdowns. Tommy is a comedic mastermind. Philip knows what going rogue really means uh, yeah uh yeah i feel like that's 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 us well, eric that i would argue you're a comedic mastermind too but we can't compliment you with too many things we all have to have right. our, our own thing as well we don't we like have the, to be yes. pigeonholed uh and yeah. we only have one thing i do machines <laughs> uh tommy's the party dude yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, and Philip is cool but cruel. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, you can check out all of our great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. We'll have uh, more designs coming when uh, WandaVision comes in January. Oh, and uh, yeah. probably stuff with the with the Snyder Cut beyond that. Yeah. So uh, every new cool thing that comes out, we're going to be here with like a, a license-free but awesome-looking shirt. Yeah, once a day, I send my parents uh, the separate links because they're divorced uh to that site just saying like for christmas you know just click on over and see what options they have in the old 3x huh (laughs) (laughs) two christmases yeah (laughs) all right tommy um break down what happened this episode okay uh well we began with mando and the child heading to navarro for repairs for their ship which i kind of suspected that was going to be like oh we're not going to go straight to uh straight to what's the planet corvus yeah, We're not going to go straight to Corvus. I, I knew there was going to be a diversion. It was too good to be true right. that we would get uh, Ahsoka Tano right at the beginning of the episode, or at all. So uh, they reunite with Grief Karga and Cara Dune, uh, who have since turned the planet around. Yeah. It's really a, it's like uh, watching uh, Detroit revitalize in the early 2000s. It went right. from uh, you know kind of scary to uh, very merry. Kara, they have schools now. <laughs> yeah, there's schools. There's kids eating blue cookies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, macaroons or whatever yeah. those were. In Los yeah. Angeles those would be edibles uh kara <laughs> has assumed the position of marshall second marshall of the season very exciting uh, yeah, yeah grief has taken on the role of magistrate assisted by mithril in return oh yeah the yeah. mithril the horatio sands character yeah uh, which was very exciting for horatio sands to come back for me personally <laughs> yeah. in return for uh for the repairs the mandalorian agrees to help an old imperial base on the other side of the planet once again our video game quest i will do this for you if you go on this side mission yeah, ch- if you go destroy this uh, random thing for me yeah. yes then you can get your uh, fan service Ahsoka Tana yeah uh, that's how you get it that's how you get the nibbles uh, the <laughs> child is placed in a new school built on Navarro and uh, it tries to steal a macaroon from another student uh, what an exciting I do love that it's like this okay 50 year old baby we don't know where you are in your education yeah. experience but join this what looks like a fourth grade class yeah academically <laughs> it felt right I mean he's so little but it, it felt he felt, it felt like he belonged there uh, yeah. the base turns out to be more than just a skeleton crew stormtroopers are patrolling the corridors uh, they end up de- the crew ends up de- deactivating the lava cooling system so the natural lava flows will destroy the base uh, all of the cool ships and technology gone which for me was devastating during their escape they come across a chamber filled with vats of what appear to be vats. cloned bodies cloned yes bodies. yes like little stretch armstrongs floating around yeah. in there waiting to be ah. pulled the scientists ah. in the chamber attempt to destroy the evidence so you know it's something good yeah, uh, Mithril d- uncovers a recording from Dr. Pershing that reveals he was using the blood of the child, which contains a large M count. And I think you know what that means. <laughs> Midichlorians. Uh, to harvest the clones, Stormtroopers soon swarm the team and they are forced to escape before the lava overheats and destroys the entire base. So Mando then takes off in his jetpack, which Kara quick correctly identifies is the fastest way to get out of there, uh, which f- always answers the question to me. I always get so frustrated with why he doesn't use it more so i i enjoyed that that for me was very my my ocd was satisfied with him uh i didn't have to obsess over it anymore uh so so he leaves karga dune and mithril steal a stormtrooper transport and immediately drop it like two thousand feet to the ground where it does not for some reason explode and then the chase that speeder bike sequence was amazing the the 
awesome. The the stormtroopers going down the side of the cliff on the speeder yeah. bikes. I like that they had a few of them die in the effort or explode in the effort because I was like, yeah. they, I hate when like when there's a pursuit and all of the cars get through unscathed at the beginning, like they do something yeah. impossible. To me, it was like, yeah, if they went down the face of this cliff, of course some of them would explode. Right. Uh, this was nice and dirty, and they have little details of like the stormtrooper dragging his foot along yes. the ground, but skipping over the lava. Like yes. it felt like these weren't characters on a on a green screen set because you know they have that cool uh, whatever yeah. the LED set. Yes. It felt like they were actually in that terrain. Yeah. And yeah, they were they were bouncing off and hurting themselves. It looked awesome. That was a great sequence. So then uh, the 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 stormtroopers are pursuing them on the speeder bikes. Grief Karga kills the last scout trooper, but then Tie Fighters take off in the base. We got like a little bit of everything in this episode. Yeah, we really did. They chase after them and they disable the transports captain. The base then explodes behind all of them due to the overheating of the lava. The Tie Fighters are closing in. It looks like Dune and Karga and Mithril are, are are doomed. Then suddenly the Razor Crest appears. It's been fixed and uh, Mando destroys all the Imperials. Pew, 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 pew. The child is munching on cookies, spinning around and uh, gets a little car sick. Vomits blue all over his tunic or his cloak or whatever the hell it is. Uh, so, so cute. So, so cute. Even when he's throwing up. Just like a real baby. Real 50-year-old babies. Uh, so the ship is repaired. Navarro is secured. Mando heads to Corvus to track down Ahsoka Tano. So then uh, Karga and Dune are, are investigated by the New Republic. And we get to yeah. see Captain Carson Tiva. Who who seems to notice that there's something brewing going on in the outer outer rim and and and, the, and there needs to be a stop put to it. So he tries to convince Cardoon to join up with the uh, with the uh, New Republic, and we find out that uh, she was from Alderaan and that she literally lost everything uh, when it was destroyed. Yeah. So. Yeah, a little bit of nice character. I think we knew she was from Alderaan, but this is yes, like a great moment where it's like she she lost every, which right. I'm sure a lot of people in Alderaan lost everyone. Right, but it's like course. she didn't have a single cousin who was off world when that happened. Right, right, right. So yeah, so this was uh, this was kind of some some good backstory fill in, and then yeah. uh, then we go then we're back in with the Empire. An Imperial officer receives confirmation from one of the mechanics working for Grief Karga mm -hmm. that a tracking beacon has been placed on the Razor Crest, so we uh, they're going to be able to track down Mando presumably. Moff Gideon is informed and declares they will be ready yeah wasn't that cool we see it's huge ass star destroyer that looks exactly like the opening shot of a new hope yes. and it's like whoa this is things are dark again yeah and he's got those freaking that looked like i think those were uh dark troopers yes these um, three dark troopers yes who are from like games and, and other associated yes. Star Wars properties they were never fully developed but now it looks like That's they're, what they're, they're totally working. developing those things yeah that was uh that was awesome i i the thing that i thought was kind of interesting and funny is like there are just so many Empire ships still floating around in the galaxy. Like, the New Republic is like, I guess we have it under control, but there's still a massive Star Destroyer that seems fully operational and fully crewed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Still hasn't really conceded defeat and yeah. is willing to stretch this on through whatever means necessary yes. uh, until we're all dead. Um, but the uh, uh, what I do love about this, Tommy, is like it seems like what Dave Filoni did with Clone Wars for the Star Wars prequels. Mm -hmm. seems like the Mandalorian is doing that for the sequels. Yes, Like yes. the prequel films, not perfect films. No. But like Clone Wars, also not a perfect show, but did a lot of cool stuff yeah. that kind of gave you context yeah. uh, and told like these kind of side stories that were really fun and then did kind of give information. Mm -hmm. And then Clone Wars season seven 
had a beautiful ending. And uh, the fact that Mandalorian's already so good, like, I'm just excited to see what they do with it. Uh, and then, you know, sequel films, <laughs> Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, not perfect films, no. but it seems like Mandalorian might be filling in some of the unanswered questions, mm. some of the uh, missed opportunities that we had yes. uh, from those films. And it's they have a tough challenge. I'm surprised that they're leaning so hard into it now. Yes. You know what we're asking for here? Favreau, Fellini, uh, Filoni, Fellini, 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 <laughs> get in here. You know what we're asking for, Favreau. Give us closure on Benicio del Toro's character, or at least explain Maybe. why he was there. I know Maybe. it won't be closure because it will come. Uh, you know, yeah. I get the timelines, yeah. but still, should just tell us a little more why. Uh, uh, that's one. That's like probably twelfth on my list of questions I have from those films. I but just, it's there. I just, you know, any. I just need more Benicio in my life. I guess. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. I'll watch The Wolfman. <laughs> but uh, Tommy, you bring up a good point that yeah, there are uh, Star Destroyers floating around everywhere. I think that brings us to kind of what the deeper takeaway, the deeper meaning of this episode mm-hmm. was. Uh, fun to note that Carl Weathers directed this episode himself. Yes. I think he did a, a pretty good job keeping yeah. the action moving forward. You know, there was a lot of action. There was some. That, that whole chase sequence was pretty great. The dogfight mm-hmm. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on the writing side, John Favreau clearly took some time to plant some seeds for these bigger reveals. Namely, he did make this promise before season one even came out that at some point the series is going to address the rise of the First Order. Mm. Didn't happen in season one, and now it looks like we're starting to get some hints toward that. Uh, the First Order and Snoke were really, I think, uh, to say the least, a missed opportunity from those three films. Mm-hmm. Seems like there was some uh, confusion among the creatives working on it on uh, how much they were going to address this. Mm-hmm. Um, we might now finally get some answers on it. We have some thoughts on that in our discussion question section that we're going to talk about. But beyond these world-building reveals, I think the subtlest and richest moment uh, came in what you were just talking about, Tommy, this second-to-last scene where the New Republic X-Wing pilot, Captain Carson Teva, uh, tries to recruit Cara Dune. He gives her that badge, uh, and he uh, reminds us all of that war crime of Alderaan exploding. Uh, and yeah, as he said, Teva suspects that something dark is brewing Mm. but he interestingly said that the core worlds don't believe it Mm. Uh, they have a blind spot and we actually get a great look at those core core worlds earlier in the episode remember the protocol droid the teacher was walking us through a star map of Mm -hmm. of the different uh, parts of the galaxy in the classroom and I think that was just a little hint telling us like there is this division between the core worlds Mm. and the mid rim the outer rim Um, and if you remember in uh uh, Force Awakens, a lot of those core worlds just get wiped out. Yes, yeah. And it's it was an insane moment that like it just felt like, oh, JJ needs to heighten Alderaan exploding. But this felt like uh we didn't properly deal with how big of a deal that was. Yeah, for sure, trilogy. for sure. Um, but as you mentioned, uh seeing a school on Navarro is insanely optimistic for yes. Star Wars. A, a freaking school, like kids actually being able to like go to school is supposed to like work on moisture farms and shit. Mm-hmm. Like this is a huge deal. They've really turned around Navarro into a bustling, peaceful economy. Now their mission is to try to take out the last Imperial stain on that map so they can finally shake off the Empire and move on. We're feeling good right now. Feeling good. But feeling great. While Star Wars is a story of hope, what we really love about what I think you and I love about Star Wars is that the Empire Strikes Back came out and then it's sobered that message Mm. into a darker broader theme that is really what i think the theme that is most valuable for us right now in our world is that darkness can recede 
from our world, mm. but it is never truly vanquished. Mm -hmm. We are not in a battle of good and evil where evil can just be destroyed permanently. We must live with our demons, keep them at bay, wrestle with them over and over again throughout our lives. We never get rid of the evil in the world. It's always there and it's always lurking in the shadows and you have to be ready, ready to confront it. Um, and uh, that whole idea of like maintaining a balance of light and shadow, that uh, balance of hope and despair. George Lucas is a well-versed student of that. He mm. really based the Jedi philosophy on Taoism, concepts like the yin and the yang, duality, both sides needing the other. You know, if you look at the yin and yang symbol, there's a little dot of one on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, one side is always contained within the other. It always has that little stain, if you want to call it that, or just that little presence of the other side wrapped up within the other side. That's what that means. So while this episode opens with optimism and hope after Grief, Kara, and Mando discover that Imperial base is far more active than they thought, the episode ends on this foreboding note that darkness that Captain Tiva su suspects that the core worlds are blind to, mm. I think, is the rising threat of the First Order. Uh, you could say the you know lingering threat of Palpatine as he's tried to re-plug in his presence in new clone bodies. We'll see more on that. We don't talk about this enough. Uh, the First Order wiped out a bunch of those core worlds in one swift blast from Starkiller Base in The Force Awakens. It was insane. And I think by yeah. bringing up Alderaan in that moment, Cara Dune saying, I lost everyone, we are reminded of that insanity. And the mm -hmm. tragedy of that attack is going to feel so much worse now, now that we have the context of this series. Uh, we're going to know some people were desperately trying to sound the alarm bells, but yeah. it all went on deaf ears. So that, I think, is the receded but still active darkness that they were talking about in the final scene. The image of Moff Gideon, Star Destroyer, wedging down into frame. The same framing as the opening shot of A New Hope when the Empire was at the height of its power. Mm. Uh, because just as hope never dies, neither does evil. And evil requires constant, steadfast vigilance to keep it from rising back and overtaking us. Hell yes. Hell yes. Damn. Yes. What a good episode. Yeah. And and uh, and I think that it's scary. It's scary. Yeah. But it, it's, you know, we can keep our hope alive. But part of that hope is just keeping an eye on the world. You can't get overconfident that you've won. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Ask anyone uh, who's ever gambled on a college football game. You can never be <laughs> overconfident. <laughs> um, all right uh, before we move into some of these questions because there's a lot to talk about we want to thank our sponsor of this episode Green Chef a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle Green Chef meals include recipes for paleo keto and plant bioer diets Green Chef is a great way to sample some of these food types because you can switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat you can skip the grocery shopping save money by reducing food waste. Recipes include some pre-chopped ingredients, some pre-made sauces, dressings, spices, so you can get more flavor in less time. I uh, just got a shipment of this. I really enjoyed, I think it was like a Greek pork couscous bowl. Mm. It had figs and feta and chard. It had like a, a sauce that was already there for you. And uh, Tommy, these are normally ingredients I don't normally cook with. No. But the it was super super easy to make i looked at them like oh, i'm never gonna be able to make this but then as i went through it i'm like oh i'm this is like way faster than like when i just tried to do my own thing uh it tasted amazing i was like oh i wish i had like eight of these and i could be eating it all night yeah so green chef is now owned by HelloFresh to offer a wider array of meal plans to choose from there's something for everyone i love switching between the brands for when my tastes change or when i want to eat a little differently a certain month now our listeners couldn't enjoy both brands at a discount 
account with us. Just go to greenchef.com slash Mandalorian 90 and use the code Mandalorian 90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's code Mandalorian 90 to get $90 off, including free shipping at greenchef.com slash Mandalorian 90. <laughs> All right, we also want to thank our friends at Manscaped. Yeah! Yeah, support from Leaks, brought to you by Manscaped. It's the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. We all want to look good and feel good naked. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. (laughs) Just released their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I put it back in the box. I'm done. Uh, their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology to reduce grooming accidents. It's waterproof. It has a battery that will last up to 90 minutes. Even R2D2 and C3PO would be impressed by this revolutionary technology. Mm-hmm. The lawnmower also has a 7,000 RPM motor, which is way better than whatever the Razor Crest has been working with these past <laughs> few episodes. That's a Honda that Civic been... motor, I think. <laughs> Clunky. Yeah. Um, it's time to become a Jedi master of your grooming game with the perfect package 3.0 it also includes the crop preserver and anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer it will help your downstairs go from looking like tatooine and smelling like dagobah to be nice and fresh all around ah. <laughs> 20 percent off and free shipping by going to our custom url manscaped.com slash mandalorian that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash mandalorian may the force be with your balls <laughs> hell yeah just yes. your balls just your balls nothing else yeah. <laughs> maybe the shaft. Uh, maybe the shaft. All right, let's uh, let's go into some d- discussion questions. What what's our first question here, Tommy? Eric, what was in those tanks? Okay, yeah, that I think is a crazy thing. If you look at it closely, it, it was definitely some genetically engineered uh, gooey bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them had a bulbous head that to me looked very much like Snoke, yeah. or at least a pre-Snoke. Uh, pre-Snoke. Um, pre-Snoke. And the, <laughs> the reason I think this has to be connected is it seems like it's tying in with that opening scene of The Rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. which... Look, I'm not crazy about everything in The Rise of Skywalker. I think it was unnecessary to make Rey uh, related to Palpatine, but I didn't mind the idea of Palpatine coming back just because I love Ian McDiarmid. To mm-hmm. me, he was the best part of the prequel mm, films. Yes. Uh, and I don't really mind the Skywalker saga being the Palpatine saga, the Sidious saga, whatever you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. Um, but in that scene, there was a, a vat that looked like it contained Snoke. And I think that was kind of their visual way of hinting at the fact that um, what we saw of Snoke is going to be linked with Palpatine's agenda of uh, trying to find a new clone body Mm. to uh, put his presence in. And I think what this episode is saying is that they were trying to harvest Force-sensitive or midichlorian-rich blood, uh, which is something from Legends. They tried to do it. It never really worked, uh, as Dr. Pershing would say. Mm. And they're they're trying to put it in a body. Uh, It keeps failing, failing, failing. They need more blood from this child. And Mm. I think they're trying to find a a rich... uh, clone body so that Palpatine can be resurrected. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think that's basically, I think I think you're right. I think this is probably all leading up to, I, I mean, whether it's, you know, at the end of this show or not, like, one of these things being a host for this, the force spirit of Palpatine, right? Like, yeah, so, and, yeah. 
And what I hope is like this doesn't become the driving force of the whole Mandalorian series. Mm. If they want to wrap this up by the mm. end of season two, I'd be good with it. Yeah. Um, just because I was intrigued yeah. in that opening uh, scene of The Rise of Skywalker. I did right. want to know more. And it seemed like it's the same artists. It's the same Lucasfilm, Pablo Hidalgo, yeah. uh, Dave Filoni often consults on these things. Right. And I would imagine when I saw that, I'm like, I'd be interested to see if they work that into yeah. a series. I, I also would like love if they, if they just, if they pivoted and just surprised us with something completely different. Like, are they trying to build sure. an army of like Sith clone troopers that can like use the force and shoot poorly at people? Uh, I thought that, at, I thought that at first, um, if those are droids in the thing, I don't yeah. know if those droids are going to be getting the blood. I think the, right. the blood is a separate sure, thing sure, sure. that Moff Gideon's working on the side. Right. Um, and I think this tells us that Moff Gideon himself is not force sensitive. Mm -hmm. I think he has the dark saber. Yeah. Uh, he wields it. But I, I, if he had a uh, force sensitive blood, if he had midichlorian count, he would be doing some, uh, some blood uh, donation. Right, right, um, right. So I think uh, he's just kind of a participant in this process. So, so, so Eric, what do you think this means for baby Yoda? Are, are, are they yeah. trying to clone him? Do you think, or are, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this tells us that Baby Yoda himself or itself is not a clone, mm -hmm. perhaps, but they are trying to clone him or they're trying to use his genetic information mm. to uh, genetically engineer something new. So I think this tells us that Baby Yoda's origin was itself natural, but that now they're trying to steal, because it was natural is why they're trying to harvest it. Like, ah. we can't build this synthetically. We need to try to get this metachlorine-rich blood to then use for synthetic genetic engineering purposes. Okay, so how, how How's this all going to connect to Snoke in the First Order? Yeah, that's that's a big question, right? Will it connect to Snoke at all? Are they going to bypass that and just go to Episode Nine, which it seemed like that was what kind of drove me a little crazy. I didn't mind that Palpatine came back. It was like this clunky way where it's like we have a separate Sith fleet that was not the First Order, mm. and somehow none of us knew about it. Right. Um, <laughs> Like, why not just use the First Order for that? But I think it was because there was disagreement between Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy over how exactly they want to tell this story. This mm -hmm. is what happens when you don't just put, like, one person in charge right. of this vision. Just put freaking Filoni in charge of all of it. He right. could do it. You know? Well, he would be uh, the best choice. But you know what they say, Eric. Too many chefs makes the soup extra tasty with all those different flavors. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, we'll put peanut butter and garlic in it. Perfect. Why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, uh, maybe it might just be, like, the more reveal snow was just like a, 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 a trial, a copy, a copy of a copy, and one mm. of those copies ended up working, but mm. then broke off, and then that's what the First Order started to gravitate around, mm. whereas uh, Palpatine stayed in the shadows and let that run its course. Mm. Uh, that could be, I still feel like, I hope they can find a simpler answer than any of our speculation. Yes. Because the fact that there are two steps to this and there's two different kinds of evil that bo basically have the same goals. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, why didn't they, what was the conflict between the first order and whatever Palpatine's side of things were? Mm. Uh, that's yeah. I, I, that's what I'm uh, curious to see. I hope it's just simple and I hope it, it's uh, forward-looking, and I hope the way that Filoni did a good job giving context to the Clone War era, I hope he can give that same kind of simple context to, to this era. Agreed. Agreed. So, what uh, what do we think Moff Gideon is planning to do with those rows of dark troopers? Yeah, uh, it was interesting that that was like the closing shot of the episode, because I thought as far as like the world-building reveals were, that was 
uh, not as interesting as seeing vats of goo bodies right. in the term M count. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, when I first saw them, I'm like, they kind of look like Darth Vader. And it mm-hmm. took me a second to be like, oh, no, I've seen those somewhere else. Those yeah. are those are the Dark Trooper. Those are droids, right? They're yeah. like advanced battle droids. They're the phase right. three ones. We saw phase one and phase two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like um, those are uh, things that he can trust and uh, will shoot better, as you said, yes. than just your typical uh, stormtrooper right. will. So, uh, And we know that... Um, um, Din Djarin had a bad experience with uh with battle droids during the Clone Wars era. Um, those were super battle droids from right. you know. So he does he hates droids. He might start hating droids again. There, there you go. Uh, it, it is interesting. There is a lot of like Vader adjacent imagery, like Moff Gideon's yeah. uniform with the black cape, and like it almost kind of looks like a like a minimalist Vader costume a yeah. little bit. Yeah, a Vader suit. And then why yeah. do you need a cape? No one needs a cape. No one ever <laughs> needs a cape. Uh, except yeah. for Superman. That's a it's like his rudder when he flies. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last thing, Dave. Dave Filoni is himself directing the next episode, which will probably reveal Ahsoka Tano and give us some insights on Baby Yoda. What are your final bet predictions for this episode? Yeah, I'm not as you said. I'm not surprised we didn't see Ahsoka this episode, but I'm pretty sure she's going to be there next episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, look, uh, I know you guys talked about this in Rogue Theory uh, yesterday. By the way, Tommy, yes. I'm not dead. <laughs> I, I, we're going to have to talk uh, to see what we got to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I uh, pointed out that you were alive just dead to me (laughs) (laughs) oh okay (laughs) um but uh yeah i think for ahsoka to come back on this show she that uh jedi or non-jedi anymore has gone through so much i think Mm -hmm. she's gonna be a recluse a hermit figure kind of like ben kenobi at the Mm -hmm. start of a of a new hope um she's gonna if it's if it's like a forest planet yeah i think she's gonna be living in the woods kind of pissed off kind of a loner I think it's a given that she and uh, Din Djarin are going to fight. I think there's going to be a fight. I don't think it's going to last. I think they're going to reach a peace. But I think the fact that Baby Yoda is so old, is 50 years old, that is the age of Anakin, Anakin who's older, I think, and the fact that it was a clone birth, I don't think these Imperial forces had their hands on Baby Yoda in these early periods. So where was this child? I think she's going to know a lot about Mm. Baby Yoda, or she's going to be able to explain a lot Mm. about uh, Baby Yoda, what his past was, was he with the Jedi, was he hidden? Because obviously she knows Master Yoda. Mm -hmm. She's going to be able to give us some context there. I think she's going to know things like his origin um where maybe not where he came from because people don't know where yoda came from mm-hmm. but i she might like know his name i think we might finally learn uh, we might have a name other than the child or baby yoda his name the show wants us to call it but we're not gonna care we're gonna still yeah. call it baby yoda his name is derek <laughs> derek derek okay. derek no just derek just derek, derek moss yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> Let's move on to some uh, Mandos and Mandolts. Yeah. <laughs> Philip's favorite segment. <laughs> I like how mad he got about that. That was truly incredible. Yeah. As if we did it just to spite him. Yeah. He's I, like, it doesn't work. It's I love like Mandos and Mandolts. <laughs> uh, this is our corrections corner. Um, so uh, first one that I think we can say we got close to being right. Uh, do uh, Dr. Pershing's Camino patch, mm. which we saw in episode three of the first season. It showed up again on those other science 
science officers this episode, mm -hmm. and it was apparently a clue pointing to genetic engineering plans by this Imperial group. Yep. Um, so that's one that we could say. However, adult, um, I did predict that the carbonite body that was visible in the back of the Razor Crest when he arrived on Navarro would be connected to the Mithral, who was once one of those frozen and carbonite things. Mm -hmm. The Mithral did show up this episode, but uh, really nothing came of that carbonite body. Mm. There's just another carbonite body that was back there. Mm. Another do we can credit ourselves for, that lava planet was just Navarro. I know in our uh, preseason videos that we made, there was some speculation it might be Mustafar Solis, but at the end, our final bet was like, it's probably just Navarro, a planet that has lava rivers and lava mm. lakes and stuff. But one last uh, correction. I... I, I just need to give you guys some clarification on so many of you guys are so pissed off about this freaking egg stuff with, with Baby Yoda using the force to gravitate the eggs toward him. I know. I think that was our obvious thing that he was using the force to gravitate the eggs toward him. Um, my uh, whole analysis of like that there might be a deeper, more spiritual or familiar connection with those eggs wasn't so much based on that. It was based on the, the way this scene was shot with this music and how he just like zeroed in on them. That was mm -hmm. clearly just more than hunger. Mm -hmm. He recognized those things and we still haven't gotten answers on that. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, you're right. I should have, because here's what I try to do when I, these things come up. If there's like an obvious explanation to it, I try to go deeper than the obvious explanation. But when it's part of my job as a guy who breaks down stuff, I have to acknowledge what the obvious explanation is because otherwise people in the comment who who tend to think a, a certain way will just be like, he, he missed it. Mm. If he didn't say it, it means right. he didn't see it. So right. I have to tell him that he didn't see it. It's like, guys, I saw yeah. it. So I, I stuff your it. comments in your crack and leave us alone. <laughs> just kidding. Sorry, don't do that. You're welcome to comment. We we encourage all sorts of uh, expression. For instance, all the people yeah. that commented on Rogue Theory yesterday that we shouldn't do episodes unless Eric is hosting. Uh, <laughs> do Please it. do stuff that I'm not on so I can Eric, focus on you may projects. never take a break. You may never. <laughs> you are not allowed to take a break. It's just not the same without you. I actually do feel that way. But I thought that episode was great. I loved watching you guys. Well, we were it. lucky Everyone to go watch an episode of Rogue We were blessed fantastic. to have Blessing, Angelica, and Jessica on the show. Blessing there. was great. They're, yeah, and they're always Jessica. Phenomenal. They're awesome. Yes. Uh, one last reminder that you can get this exclusive New Rockstars This Is The Way shirt at our new merch store, along with a ton of options at newrockstarsmerch.com. But that's it for this episode of WookieLeaks. Tommy, it's been so great to chat with you. Always a pleasure, uh, Eric. Highlight of my week. I love it. Yeah, me too, buddy. Uh, follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold. Follow me at EA Voss. Check out tomorrow's video for our uh, in-depth frame-by-frame breakdown of all the Easter eggs you missed in the episode. Subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. Subscribe to WookieLeaks wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave us a nice rating and review on those podcasts. And we will leave you with our favorite Baby Yoda moment of the episode. <gasps> Hold them apart. <laughs>